Is mic on? Episode 80. What's wrong with Orny Adams? Well, I heard another one yesterday. Another commercial scaring us. One in two adults are living with high blood pressure, and they don't know it. And guess what? Shingles doesn't care. Yeah. Good for you. Shingles doesn't Shingles doesn't care. care. I don't think high blood pressure cares. Nobody cares. That's the problem. We live in a world where nobody cares anymore. People's words don't mean anything. People don't follow through anymore. And here's the bigger issue. Why, Why would people rather be on their phones than be with people? Why would they rather be engaging with their phone than engaging with a person? We have reached a critical point as far as I'm concerned, in our my lifetime, in regards to humanity and growth and rewiring of our brains, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago in Port Charlotte, and before my show, there was a private dining room, and I was eating in there, and I watched a young couple on a date, probably late 20s, early 30s. And the guy was on his phone the whole time. I was behind them sitting at the bar so I could sort of look down. And this guy was on his phone the whole time scrolling through videos. And she was sitting there and she wasn't on her device. And I felt so sad for her. I felt so sad. I I had a fantasy in, in my head that I went over and just snatched the guy's phone and just said, come on, dude, have some respect for your date. That's where we are in this world right now. This is the wrong theme song. I did not want to play that theme song. I was just on the wrong soundboard. You know what? I just want to start the whole day over. I really do. That just ruined the entire podcast. In case you're wondering what it takes to derail my day, there you go. In Florida. Remember when people used to submit theme songs? There's a guy who's on Instagram who's in some band. I think they're in San Francisco. And... This guy's been telling me forever, he and his brother in a band, that they're going to do a theme song for me. I'm actually tired of people making promises and not following through. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Does anybody's word mean anything anymore? Does your word mean anything? I'm looking at you right into the camera. Does your word mean anything? I don't know. What's wrong with Orny Adams? Episode 80. I am all alone here in Big Yellow. I had a guest lined up, and then I thought, you know what? I just want to do one alone. Maybe I'll bring the guest up next week. Uh, You know, I I hear everyone's feedback. Some people like me alone. I don't know what you want, but I want you to be happy because my word is my word. If I give you my word, I'm following through with that. I do it. And if I can't deliver, let me tell you what. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And I won't disappoint you more than once. I want to thank all the people that subscribe to my Patreon. I'd like to give a shout out to L.A. Parker. L.A. Parker uh, hit me up on Patreon and said, hey, can I get a a shout out as your newest subscriber? And I said, yes. But uh, in the last five minutes, L.A. Parker, since you signed up, you're not the newest subscriber. Somebody else has since signed up. So I want to thank everybody that continues to support me. And I suspect a lot of people sort of treat it as a uh, donation to this podcast. So thank you very much. And of course, people like to watch the videos. And some people that are cheap and don't respect me and my time and want to support this podcast, they watch it on YouTube, which I think is also fine. I appreciate people watching this 
and taking this in any way they can. And again, if you want to communicate with me, my email is what's wrong at orneyadams.com. The audio is everywhere. And uh, yeah, you can go to what's wrong, uh, teamwhatswrong.com. That's where you can get all the, I'm, I'm sorry, I had a million thoughts. I, I distracted myself. See, that's what's going on. We have no attention spans anymore because of these devices. And I put this, you know how you can have your sign off on your phone? You can have like a signature and everyone's, you know, this was sent from my iPhone, I think was the original and people would change it. Mine for years has been, these devices are controlling our lives. And that's I, that's since day one, I had the first iPhone or second iPhone. So I've been ahead of the curve on this. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. But here's here's what's nice about getting older. I don't care as much. I don't care. The world is corrupt. Politics are corrupt. Can't trust anybody. And you just say, you know what? I give it five minutes and then I move on. Like last night, I had a show. I'll tell you all about the show. It was me and Jay Leno, Adam Carolla, uh, Eric Griffin, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. And it was a show at the Improv and everybody did well. It was one of those shows where it was fun to be on because everybody did well. And thank you to Adam Carolla for putting that together. I was on his podcast again, Adam's on Tuesday. So you can check that out. And I'll tell you the story. Uh, But first, on Monday, I got a text message from a former colleague that I worked with that said, hey, listen, if I come to your show at the Improv on Wednesday, can we grab a drink afterwards? And I said, "Uh, yeah, sure. But again, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why does this person want to get together? Do they want to discuss business? Is it just to catch up? And so I'm sort of playing every scenario in my mind. Maybe it's just a friendly drink. Probably what that was. But whatever it was, my mind is always in overdrive. I'm always overthinking everything. So there's no break. There's no anything. Everything is a major decision. Everything uh, I do involves so much deliberation. So yesterday, before the show, all day I was thinking, what what are we going to talk about? And I was sort of anxious about it because I had other people that were coming to see me at the show too. I had two other groups of people and I thought, well, how am I going to handle it when these people want to talk to me after the show, but I'm sort of talking to this former colleague and will I be at the bar and should I drive? Should I Uber? I mean, I'm not kidding. This much thought involved to the point all day I'm running in my head, everything I'm running, I'm running it. And which I, I, I like because I'm prepared for every situation. And I also went to the improv early to eat because usually after the show, I'm hungry. But I thought if I'm entertaining these two groups and then I've got this colleague here, I don't want to think about eating. So I go early. Do you understand how much preparation I'm doing? Because one person reached out to me and said, I'm going to, I'm planning on coming to your show. Can we grab a drink afterwards? And and it causes, uh, you know, it's, it's in my head all day. Well, Show's about to start, and I get a text message from that colleague. Hey, listen, uh, I think I'm just going to chill tonight. Are you around this weekend? (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you just decided that? You didn't decide that earlier in the day? I, I just would never do that to a person. And that person's letting you know where they stand. Because... If I was somebody that they really respected, and we can get into this, 
You want to talk about this? And you can say, whoa, is this an insecurity? It isn't. If I was somebody they really respected or really feared or somebody they really wanted to do business with or thought maybe they'd want to do business with in the future, you better believe they'd be there. You better believe they would be at that improv, at that bar, living up to their word. So I'm made to feel a certain way. There's a sense of sort of, hey, now I know how this person really feels about me. So that's what modern life is. I keep my word. If I tell you I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be somewhere. If, I'm gonna tell, if I tell you I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, I'm going to be there at that certain time. Can you believe it? I keep my word. And all day, I would have been planning around that. I would have th- been thinking, hey, listen, don't exert too much energy because you're, I'm going to meet this person later. When I, the days I have shows, I'm not paralyzed, but I do a lot less because it is my duty. It is my duty to knock it out of the park every time I'm on stage. In fact, one of the comics on the show last night said to me, hey, are you doing a lot of new stuff? I said, if it comes out of me, I'm going to do new stuff. I have a list here, and if it works into the routine, into the moment, but I'm not going to force it. And he said, uh, yeah, I feel like I should do a lot of new stuff. And, 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 and I said, you know, this isn't about you. This is about the audience. They paid to see us. Knock it out of the park. Hit the home runs. You want to hit a couple of singles in between, walk, maybe strike out, but don't force it. That's that's my feeling on doing shows. So, in essence, when I do a show, I'm keeping my word. My word is I'm going to show up. I'm not going to be too tired. I'm going to be prepared. And I'm going to give you your money's worth. And not only just money, but the fact that you put time aside in your day to come see me. And I've noticed my entire life that certain people cancel. And you cancel on me once. You got away with it. But when you say, hey, I'm I'm going to chill tonight. What are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm, now I'm going to make plans with you. So now I have to have the anxiety on another day. And why would I ever make plans with somebody that doesn't keep plans in the first place? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the world. But basic morality and decency towards people is so dead. So dead. Because we don't even see people as people. Most people we see, we see through our phones and our devices and our screens. We'd rather be looking at a person on a screen than looking at a person straight in the face. I mean, any lunch you go on, at some point or dinner... Everybody ends up on their phones. It just disintegrates into that. What is it about these devices that have us so addicted, so addicted that we'd rather look for a date on the phone than look around the room we're in to find a date? What what has the phone done to us? What endorphins or, or, or dopamine hits are we getting from our phones? Because I feel numb. I feel numb to a lot of things that used to excite me. I I even think alcohol doesn't affect me the way it used to. That's scary. That's scary to me. Food. Food doesn't give me the pleasure. People. Why? Because the phone. I'm sitting there going, I just want to hit refresh again. 
It's all I do is refresh, resync, reboot, re. It's all re, re, re. Which the word re means to go backwards. All we're doing is going backwards all day on our phones. Backwards, 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 backwards. And I'll tell you something. I realized this the other day, and this was a massive realization, an eye-opening thought that I had, that I bet you have as well. I am never lonelier than when I look up from my phone. So when I'm looking at my phone and I'm feeling the hits, and then I look up, I'm like, what did I just do? And I think that's what substance abuse people feel. Hit, 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 come down. There's a come down from the phone. Got to wake up in the morning. I can't wait to look at the phone. What, what for? The only reason we have to look at our phones is, well, we're all addicted. But also because if we don't, we're going to miss out on opportunities. The world used to move slower. The pacing used to be slower. The expectations to get back to people, to return messages. You used to leave somebody a phone message on an answering machine. And maybe you called in to check messages. Maybe uh, early on you had this little device that looked like a a door opener for a garage. And you'd press that and it'd make a noise. And that'd be the code that would cause the answering machine to retrieve the messages and give them to you over the phone. But most of the time, you went home and you ran in and it was blinking. The light was blinking on the answering machine and it would say six. You're like, I have six messages. And that's when you'd find out if you got booked on something, if somebody returned your phone calls. I am now reminded second by second by second by by second by second every single day, who isn't returning my phone calls? Who isn't returning my messages? Who isn't getting back to me? You think this is healthy? I know this isn't healthy. And I know if I'm not there to respond right away to some messages, I'm going to lose opportunities. The world's just, it's too fast. And how do I get away from that? I watch programs that don't involve cell phones, stuff from from years ago. I'm re-watching The Sopranos now. I'm going to play you a clip at the end of a continuity issue. I keep finding continuity issues in The Sopranos. And you know what continuity is, right? That's like when you're filming something and let's say in one scene, I think this happened on Teen Wolf, in one scene I was wearing uh, a different jacket. Then when they cut back and forth, which means we probably shot on different days and wardrobe didn't realize the jacket was different or I switched the jackets inadvertently, inadvertently, but there was a problem. And what I want to know is, do these editors realize that the continuity is screwed up? It drives me nuts. It, it, it drives you, but it's fun to catch. I think there are websites you can go on and actually look at all the continuity issues. But I don't want to stay on this topic of the cell phones, which somebody pointed out to me or several people or reports, it's like the new cigarettes. We're going to look back and go, wow, that was really damaging. And I'm seeing it in real time. I'm seeing how it affects my brain and how it exhausts me. The phone exhausts me. I think it's ruining my eyesight. I'm going to blame the phone. I'm not blaming on my age. No way my eyes would give up on me. My eyes have been so good to me my whole life. For them to just let me down now. Imagine, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take responsibility for that. There has been a rise in anxiety 
in depression since 2010, which is outpacing anything. And I don't know if it's we're all interconnected, but it seems like there's a lot more suicides lately. People aren't happy. We're not happy. And you look to your phone. This is why I enjoy doing this podcast. My phone is off. I'm not thinking about what page I want to refresh. I'm not thinking about who hasn't gotten back to me. Who This is Zen right now. When else do I feel this in my life? I think you can guess. It's when I'm on stage. When I'm on stage, I feel like nothing. Any problem I had that day doesn't matter. When I was on stage last night, I was so there, so present. I wish the rest of life could be like that. And that's why, as much as I fantasize and threaten to leave this business, how can I when I'm dependent on that? But to me, that's a healthier hit of dopamine than looking at my phone and looking at these videos. When you, If you sit there on TikTok, watch TikTok, just scroll. Do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and let me know how good you feel about yourself afterwards. These apps are designed to make us feel like crap, to make us feel like our lives aren't as worthy and as good. We're not fulfilling our fantasies. We're not living as as good. We're not as good looking as we, we're not as rich as we should be. I mean, holy cow, the facade people put up on Instagram with these fake stage pictures in front of Lamborghinis or on boats or in private jets. Screw you. Not that many people live that life. I know people that live that life. You're not living that life. You're false. 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 So many false people in this lifetime that we have to deal with. We are addicted. Phones are an addictive, they're an addiction machine. They're, they are designed to keep us on them as much as possible. Like, you notice like apps like uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, they're constantly changing the layout, changing the way you upload videos, the way you edit videos, the way you add things. It's all designed to keep you on the app longer. So then they can brag to their shareholders, hey, the average time on this app has gone up 12% per person. And then they can charge more for ads. It's all about money, keeping you peeled to it, uh, 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 just entranced. And I'm an adult and I'm able to sort of understand this. But as an adolescent, as a young adult, I don't know how you could ever be capable to fully understand how corrupted your mind is being by these devices. And I don't know if parents should treat them like cigarettes and just take them away, if they should be limited, if there should be a cell phone that that doesn't have access to all these places. Maybe they do have that. But they are rewiring our brains. Our brains are changed. We now need that hit from the phone to the point where if you're at a meal, I've done this before. If the conversation veers or you hear ding, a notification, like, what is it? What is it? Like these notifications, I should turn mine off. Ding, 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 ding. And then you get a notification. Oh, I got a text. You read the text. Next thing you know, you're on your, because I have like a bunch of apps that I go over and over. I hit refresh on, refresh. You know, some some stuff has to do with my income, what's coming in, what's, how many plays are things. Refresh, 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 refresh. And that's what happened. Next thing you know, you're just, you've gone in a circle that is meaningless. I know 
in the final minutes of my life, none of this will mean anything. None of it. None of it. The internet has revealed a sadness. It's like the ocean has receded and the the, the, the tide has gone out and all you see is sadness in the sand. Sadness, loneliness. You look at the comments people leave. You go, these aren't healthy people. These aren't healthy people. Healthy people don't say stuff about people like that. And there's just no need to say it. So why do we feel the need to be hurtful? Well, because you don't see me as a human people. You see me as somebody that's on your device. But I'm a human. I'm a human. I'm, I'm better than you. Kidding. <laughs> but but I'm human. I love like last night on stage when I, I said to my, I go, what an average looking group of people. I really think my audience is average. In fact, I, I think... I think I'm going to start uh, Team Losers. We're just a bunch of losers. And, and just admit it. I think most people are average. I don't know why we don't accept this. I mean, I'm good at stand-up comedy, but I'm exceptionally average everywhere else in my life. And I accept it and I embrace it. If you're average, I'm giving, I'm giving a hug through my, my, my camera. I'm hugging all the average people out there that accept it. There's something very beautiful like... Uh, that people that accept themselves, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Williams, these are people, although it's hard to say about both of those people the way it ended, but they they seem to seem to accept themselves at a level that, you know what, I don't know. I, I have to think that out, to be honest. I was on the uh, Tim Conway Jr. show last night. Uh, I believe it airs on AM out here in Los Angeles or iHeartRadio. Here's the thing. I'm on the show and... It was exciting to talk to Tim. I don't know if I'd ever talked to him before. They reached out and they said, come do the show. I said, sure, I want to promote my shows this weekend. Like this Saturday night, I'm in Bellflower, California at the Stand Up Comedy Club. Still get tickets. If you go on my Instagram or my webpage, orniadams.com, hit tour. It's right there. You know what else you can get on orniadams.com? This is what derailed my thought earlier. Remember I said I got interrupted earlier? This is what it was. This is what it was. You can now get the Phoebe t-shirts, hats, Bumper stickers, or bumper stickers, stickers on orneyadams.com. And they're shipping immediately. So go grab a green hat or blue hat. Yeah, We've got blue shirts. We've got lavender shirts. We have stickers. This is exciting. It's exciting. That's a real dopamine hit. When I get an order, when I get a Patreon subscriber, that's a dopamine hit. When somebody goes to my Venmo and just donates money after seeing my videos or my whatever. And they say, we want to be part of this cause and help you to create more content because I do this all on my own. And this is the future. So as much as I hate technology, I'm torn because technology is going to save my career. The old, the fact that my YouTube video, More Than Loud, my stand-up special has 3 million views, that's going to save my career. Everybody watching that video and passing it along is saving my career because I'm not dependent on a one buyer. I'm not dependent on a streaming service that has one person, maybe two people, perhaps even three, deciding who's the funny comedian. You guys are. It's a democracy. That's the way it should be. I'm thankful that I can have all this equipment and I can broadcast and get it to you. But at the same time, our dependency, like why does my fridge have to be on the internet? Why do my lights have to be on the internet? It's, it's overwhelming. But I, I, anyway, I did this at Tim Conway Jr. show and we started talking 
And I, he said, you're going to be at the improv tonight. He's getting into the plugs. I said, I just want you to plug uh, that I'm at Bellflower, California on Saturday, May 13th at the stand-up comedy club. And then May 18th, the following Thursday, I'm at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hamosa Beach. Love that club. Used to play it all the time. I'm going to be there headlining. It's my show. I want it sold out. I want So let's plug these dates. So I go on the show. We're talking. He's talking about, we're talking some bits. I'm talking about uh, Shingles Doesn't Care. Where's Where is it? I'm talking about... Uh, Shingles doesn't care. Good for you. Shingles doesn't care. In fact, the commercial that I heard, I referenced at the beginning of the podcast about one in two people have high blood pressure and they don't know it. That was when I called in and I was listening to the hold music or the, the, ad, the ads were going on before they were going to come back and do my segment and that commercial came on. And so I went right into my Shingles, Shingles doesn't, doesn't care. care bit. Good for you. Shingles doesn't care. Look at that. Sounds like I... Can you hear the helicopter? Shingles doesn't care. But he said, uh, so you're at the improv tonight. I said, yeah, I, I, I am. And I said, you know who's on the show with me? And he goes, no. I said, Jay Leno, Adam Carolla, and, uh, and, and Harlan Williams. I, I go through the list, Eric Griffin. And he he goes, well, we'll be right back. He goes, that's great. Let's talk about that when we get back. Uh, our guest today is Orny Williams. He goes, no, Orny Adams. Like, he combined my name and Harlan's name. A second later, I get a text message. Hey, he just called you Orny Williams. And it was from Harlan. Harlan was listening to me on the radio. I'm like, what are you doing listening to that show? Like, how random, and that you were referenced with me. So we came by from the break, and I just talked about him, and and I tried to uh, talk about, I talked about Leno a little bit. And cut to that night where I'm sitting there getting ready to go on and I'm at the improv and here's what happens. I, again, during the day, I'm thinking about my set. What am I going to do? I've got my notes out in my home and I'm going over uh, trying to sort of figure out what routine I want to put together for that night for the audience. But I'm also thinking this guy's coming to meet me. I'm going to have drinks with him afterwards, the colleague. I'm also thinking these other two groups of pe- people are coming. In fact, one of uh, this guy who's been a fan forever has come to like 30 something shows, like 35 shows. His name is Dave. He, he he's come to 35 shows. His wife has seen me 36 times. Why has she seen me one more time? Because before they were dating, she had seen me on another date, which is wild. And they're going to be at my show next week in Hermosa Beach. But he brought me a bunch of power tools. He's a he's an electrician. And he brought me a bunch of power tools. I mean, I've there's so much going on in my mind, but I'm also thinking, I want to say hi to Leno. Jay Leno has been one of the nicest, most supportive people in my career. I don't know him well. I know when my special aired on Showtime, he called me a few times to talk about it. I know when I did his show, The Tonight Show, several times, he couldn't have been nicer to me and to my parents. He's genuinely a nice guy. And I wanted to say hi to him. I saw him uh, when we were performing at uh, uh, a show for Bud Friedman early in the year uh, before he passed away. And Jay was preoccupied and I sort of, in a desperate way, uh, he, he was leaving the club and I ran out and he was with his wife and I said, hey, Jay, Orny, I, I know. And it, uh, I said, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done for me. I really appreciate it. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I felt like he blew me off. I'm like, he's, you, you know, you think, oh, did I catch him at a bad time? 
did he not remember me? You start to get insecure. But, but he t- it turned out he just had to go somewhere, I'm sure. But he's the nicest, nicest guy. And I wanted to just go up to him and just, you know, say, hey, Jay, how you doing? You know, he's sitting there watching the show upstairs. There's a, in, in the improv in Hollywood, there's uh, this downstairs is where the stage and the, the showroom is. And then there's a stairway going upstairs and there's like a holding area, two rooms where comics can hang out. And Jay was watching the show from the room that was closest to the stage. And I wanted to go up and, and say hi. And I sort of stood there and he didn't turn around. I didn't want to tap him. He's watching another comedian. I didn't want to interrupt him. And so I went back into the other room and I ordered the food. I ordered food because, you know, I wanted to eat before the other guy, uh, the colleague showed up. So I had a full stomach. We had a drink afterwards, but I can only have one drink because I decided to drive and uh, instead of taking an Uber, if we're going to have two drinks and I'm taking an Uber, blah, 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 blah. I go downstairs to order the food uh, from the bar and a young comic, uh, I assume young comic said, hey, Orny. I said, yeah, hey, how you doing? And I saw it is his notepad and I said, have we met? And he said, no, 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 you know, but, uh, you know, big fan or whatever he said, I, I don't remember. And um, I said, you going on tonight? Are you going on in the lab? They have a smaller room at the Improv Hollywood called the lab. And he said, uh, I can't, I showed up for the open mic and and uh, you pick a, you pick out of a hat. It's like random. You put your name in a hat. You pick out and you get a spot or you don't get a spot. And he didn't get a spot that night. So he was upset uh, or bummed. And I said, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I never did an open mic. I never did a bringer show. I just came up in different Because t- he said to me, that's what it was. I wasn't putting it in his face. He said to me, you, you came up in Boston. It was like different times, right? And I said, yeah, it was different to the point where I didn't even do open mics. And... We were talking and he was sort of talking comedy and he was really excited to talk to me. And I like to talk to young comics because I've gotten so much from the older comics, the people that were so supportive, which is, you know, Shandling and Robin Williams and, and, and Leno and, and, and all these guys that are supportive of me and have taken me under their wing. And so I feel a sense of obligation. But at the same time, I kind of just want to get upstairs. And I want to work on my routine. And I want to sit down and relax. But I also don't want to blow this kid off. And I'm thinking, I'm as excited to... This is going to feel like I'm slamming this kid, but I'm thinking, I'm as excited to talk to this kid as probably Leno is to talk to me. I thought it's just... It's such a funny dynamic in comedy clubs when the comics all get together because there's there are levels. You know where you are on your level. And uh, so I said, listen, I got to run upstairs because I got to get ready for the show. But I said, can I buy you a drink? And he didn't want to drink. And I said, listen, if you want to drink, the, the bartender will put it on my tab. I go upstairs and then I get a text message from the book of the show that says, Leno's looking for you. I'm like, oh, Leno's looking for me. That's what this is all about. So Leno finds me and we're standing up talking and he wears a suit. He still wears a suit to perform. And he said, uh, I heard you on the Tim Conway Jr. show. I'm thinking, I'm getting more exposure from this Tim Conway Jr. show than anything else I'm doing. And he talked about my stand-up. And he said, you know, more people are talking about you lately. And and he just really kind words that I don't feel like I need to share with people. He shared them with me privately. But Jane Leno's a good guy. And I wish, I wish there was more out there. I wish I could tell you what he said. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. 
But you know what? I came home and I, I have to process everything. And I, I think, I thought this many times. I may not be where I wanted to be or where I, I thought my, my talents could have taken me. Something like LeBron James. But you know what? I have emotional equity from the support I've gotten from the comedy community, from the people that aren't threatened. Because the people that are threatened, that's a whole nother conversation. That's for sure. Let's do this. So I watch The Sopranos, and I find this. This drives me nuts. I don't even need the headsets. It's not even really... In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute it, basically. So Tony Soprano's on the couch. Meadow, the daughter, he just spoke to. She's walking away. Tony's had enough. He's having a nightcap. He brings it up to his mouth, takes a mini sip. The thing's half full. He goes to put it down a second later on the counter, and it's empty. It's got like half a sip left. And I'm going to show you, I took a a video with my phone and I zoomed in so you could see it. Look at this. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little commentary because this is a audio podcast too. All right, she's walking away. Tony, drink up to the mouth, takes a sip, half full. Now it's empty. Now it's empty. It's horrible. Let's roll that again. This is called continuity in film when something doesn't match up. And I catch it all the time. Uh, Of course, I don't write angry messages to the producers going, what kind of editors did you have? I just keep it to myself or talk about it on my podcast right now. (laughs) But look at this. Look at this. It's such an eyesore. Like your brain just goes, what just happened? This doesn't make sense. Roll it back. Roll it back. Here it is. Meadow's walking away. Tony's going to take a sip of the bourbon. It looks like it's neat. A little sip. And it's done. About You would have had to chug it to get it to that empty. Why did they use that? And where's continuity? I'll tell you, when I did Teen Wolf, I always had to remember where my hands were when I was speaking at a certain time or where what direction I was looking in because you had to match cameras. You know, if you don't... A lot of people probably don't know this, but there isn't like 10 cameras in the room. You shoot different angles one at a time. And so it all has to match up. And in this case, it didn't match up, but I caught that. I thought, maybe you think that's interesting. That's that's how I spend, that's what's wrong with Orny Adams. Spend my, my time uh, being fascinated by this and videotaping it. Seems like Orny Adams needs to get a life is what I think. I'm going to end on this. Are there any firemen that listen to this po- I have a, a question for the firemen. Well, I had another thought, too, that I just... Did I get everything on this list? And by the way, you know why I can I pick up on the little continuity things? It's because I'm watching the program and I'm not on my phone. Like, I noticed in college that people started to, uh, to have the TV on, mute, and then music playing. And I was like, this is shocking. Why aren't they just watching the TV or listening to the music? So we're constantly distracted. I know we talk about distracted driving. We're distracted living. We're distracted living. In fact, we just came up with a name for this episode. Distracted living. That's the problem. Nobody is in the moment. We're all thinking about what's next. That's why, and I've talked about it. I'm going to talk about it in much greater length on another podcast. Nobody is listening anymore. Nobody is listening. 
Everybody has other thoughts. They're on their devices. The, the, the phones, because they're cordless, they used to be corded, so you can only go so far away from the phone base that was on the wall or on a table. Now, because they're cordless, we're all over the place. We're on our devices. We're talking to people, refreshing, looking at websites, reading things, watching scrolls on TV. We are distracted living. We get in our cars, we're on our devices, we're FaceTiming. Oh my God, my mom, every time I fa- my mom loves to FaceTime. So they'll FaceTime me when everybody's together, the family on the East Coast, I live on the West Coast. And inevitably, at some point in the conversation, my mom forgets, forgets that it's a FaceTime conversation. So like the other day, I took the phone, she's passing it around and everybody's talking and saying hi to me on the phone. And then it gets back to my mom. My mom puts the phone up to her ear. Now my mom's ear timing me. Now I'm, now I'm seeing the inside of my mom's ear. But they can't even have a meal without being distracted and getting on their phones. That's what I'm saying. That's what's wrong with this world. We're distracted living. Nobody And nobody is listening. Everybody's thinking about where they're going to go next or how they're going to prove themselves to somebody. And I'm telling you, we've these phones, I'm back on it again. Guess I'm on the social media addiction, phone addiction, the uh, rewiring of our brains. We have no attention spans. And the anxiety and depression is so bad among, amongst youths. And, and I understand why. I understand why. I'm an adult and I'm, I'm barely capable of processing. It's taken me years to understand what these phones are doing to my psyche. And now I'm sort of getting it. So we, we are, we're about to deal with a damaged generation of kids once they grow up. And we've already seen the world is angry. We've already seen there's no attention span. We've already seen they're just flipping around. I mean, nobody wants to watch my stand-up videos if they're longer than 30 seconds. And who can blame them? <laughs> are there any firemen that listen to this? Because I was just driving home. I went to the dermatologist and I'm fine. I'm fine. I just went for a general. I've never done like a general, like look over my whole body thing. And uh, I'm driving home from the dermatologist. That's the other thing. When did medicine become so preventative? Has it always been? Like everything you do now is to prevent. How about a little like uh, mystery and uh, diagnosis? Anyway, the firemen are outside of the firehouse raking, clipping, mowing. And I thought, can't we get these guys and these women some gardeners? Like, I want the firemen to be sitting around, maybe on their phones, doing nothing and saving that energy if we need them for fire. Why are they... Why are they, do they want to do, if you're a fireman, please let me know. Email me at what's wrong at orneyadams.com. Please let me know. Do you want to do, and then I thought, well, why don't they come up to my house? I'd, I'd like to hire them to be my my lawn people. I'd like them to clip my my hedges and uh, all that stuff. If they, uh, they can earn a little extra money. Now, these guys, these guys are so unbelievable that I, I, I feel like I have to protect them. In fact, every time I'm at a supermarket and I see the firemen, and this is what I love. It's like a fraternity or sorority. They all are together all the time. They cook together. They, I guess, they garden together. Uh, they do everything together. In fact, I just want them out. Maybe, I want them outside shooting hoops, maybe playing pool inside and eating. That's all I want. But every time I see them in line, I always think, I want to buy them. I want to buy them all that food. I have a fantasy that if I was like so rich, I never had to worry about money for the rest of my life. 
which included includes like if I had to loan money to a family member or if somebody got sick and I wanted to help them. I have a fantasy that I just pay for people in public. And I always wanted to pay for the firemen. I, want, I always wanted to pay for the firemen. But here's my question that I'm asking the firemen. Do you guys pay for those groceries yourselves? Or do you like submit a receipt to the city? Because I'm here to campaign today. Firemen should not have to pay for those groceries. And I'll tell you something. That's the wrong button. I wanted to play Shingles Doesn't Care. What am I doing? Now I need the headsets. I got like 10 things playing at once. Is everything going on? What's going on? This episode should have ended. What I wanted to say is Shingles Doesn't Care, but I care. That was a rough ending. What's his name, Kev? Arnie. Episode 80. What's wrong with Orny Adams? I want to thank my guest, me. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Stay off your phones. Stay off your phones. Here's my advice. Watch all my content. Shut your phones and devices off. That's it. That's it. We're being ruined by it. What's Wrong with Oni Adams is sponsored by you, the listeners. I'm like PBS. Boy, I just saw an incredible front line about Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his wife. It's scary. I always thought those people did nothing. I, I forget that they have real lives and they're out there in the world. I feel like these Supreme Court justices should just be locked in a room and do nothing and then come out and make decisions, which is basically how I live my life. That's the integrity that I live in order to be a pure, outstanding stand-up comedian for you. I hope to see you at one of my shows someday soon. I thank everyone that came to see me in uh, Florida, Port Charlotte, that came to see me uh, last night at the Improv. I will be in Bellflower, California this weekend, and then I will be at the Comedy in Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, California. See my stuff, watch my stuff, love my stuff, rank my stuff. Da 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 da. Refresh, refresh, resync, reboot. Ba 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 ba. ba. I'm gonna write the uh, modern day technology musical, and I got the time. That's what's wrong with Orny Adams. Thank you. Listen to those birds. All right, that's it.